Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name's Tim. My name's Marshall. How you doing, Marshall? I'm like low-key frustrated right now. <laughs> so right before we started this. Right before. We had this weird thought. I wonder how many episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. We probably are getting close to 100 episodes. Yeah, we must be closing in on that. And you said, and I quote, could you imagine... If we passed the 100 episode mark and didn't realize it, didn't make a note of it. Yeah. Welcome to episode 102. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it feels like to be on top of things, Marshall. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, this is what real success looks like. (laughs) You know what? We're just so honed in. On doing the ministry work itself, Tim. That's right. Milestones are irrelevant to us. They are. (laughs) They are. (laughs) So what are we doing today, Tim? We're going to answer a question out of the catechism. We are. Marshall. Because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Question number 36. What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? It's interesting that it's asked this way. Before we get into our... Wrong ideas, right ideas, because last week we talked about the idea that um, it's funny when people say, I want to learn more about what we believe, because Mm -hmm. you can't believe it if you don't know it. And then this is worded, what do we believe, as if to inform us on what we believed. Right. Um, I think we would want to take the we to mean general orthodox, reformed, Protestant faith. Yeah. Yeah. What do biblical Christians believe about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question to ask. I mean, I I kind of was joking with you the other day about kind of this whole concept that people think that because we're Baptists, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. So it'd be an interesting and fun conversation to have. That's obviously not the case. Obviously not. Obviously not the case. Um, But yeah, this question matters. I feel like this question matters because we've talked about, we've talked about God in a general sense. We've talked a lot Mm -hmm. about the Father, especially the Son. Right, and the the spirit's been referenced in some of um, the questions and answers that we've gone over, but we haven't really done a deep dive on who the Holy Spirit is. Right, and right worship of God, as we pump regularly here at the church, maybe not so much in the podcast, is right understanding of the person and purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we are worshiping apart from or in a different person or purpose. That's what Paul's talking about when he says, if anyone preaches any other gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That's That gospel is the purpose and the reason for the coming of the person. Mm. Uh, then we're in error. And so understanding the person and the purpose is of vital importance, not just with God the Father, God the Son, and also the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he is an essential part. So how Christian are some life. ways... Sorry, I... Okay. I cut you off. You I feel do. bad. You always do. It's fine. I feel bad. I'm <laughs> over it though. How are, how are some ways that this can go wrong? So I think one of the most common errors that we can make about the Holy Spirit is not seeing the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity in the same way that we see the Father or the Son. Mm-hmm. Right? So 
you mentioned when we were chatting with us earlier, there's this kind of binitarian view that some people have of kind of like father and son are God, but the Holy Spirit's not. I think a lot of times, even in contemporary Christian culture, when you hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, it's almost like he's being referenced like like the force from Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? Like Like electricity or gravity. It's just this kind of mindless energy that comes from God, that's connected to God in some way, but not a person of the Trinity, not not truly God in himself, um, which I think is the, the, one of the most common errors that we can have or misconceptions we can have about the Spirit. Yeah, I think it was Gordon Fee who said, Christ, I can understand. God, I can consider. God the Father, I can consider. Uh, but the Holy Spirit ends up being this sort of ambiguous mm-hmm. gray mystery in yeah. a lot of our doctrine. Uh, the force is, is a genuine means by which people reduce the Benetarian idea, right? That he's, I, I would say, maybe synonymous with those who believe in the power of the universe kind of a thing. Right. Um, the other one that I would use is just sort of like an essence kind of teaching. The idea that, um, <laughs> the analogy that I tend to use is to say, uh, when someone walks into the room wearing too much cologne or perfume, <laughs> and then they leave. Yeah, you have this lingering essence that tells you that they were there, and uh, and the Holy Spirit is that for God, right? This sort of like the the tangible lingering presence, <laughs> it's um, the leftover odor in the room, right? Right, <laughs> which they would argue is a sweet thing, uh, but still not. Yeah, not who he is. And some pretty significant quote unquote Christian groups. Um, promote this this idea of the spirit jehovah's witnesses mormons christian science mm-hmm. right this is kind of this is what they they push is that um the spirit is not god yeah i've even dealt with it in in baptist circles really yeah n- never as a as a church saying this is our position mm-hmm. but as sunday school teachers within the church um bringing those kinds of things forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's a problem because, I mean, it doesn't jive with what the Bible says about the Spirit. No. Right? I, if nothing else, I mean, we're going to talk later about being co-equal, co-eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when the Bible talks about baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. there's an evening of the playing field there. Yep. Right? And not the Father and the Son and the lingering presence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So another common error um, is this idea that the Holy Spirit for believers is a bit of a a consolation prize, mm-hmm. right? To kind of satisfy us while we can't be with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So he's kind of like, it's, it's almost like, you know, um, he's this lesser understudy. Right. Right? He's like a temp worker that you bring in to cover a vacation. Right. Jesus was here. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. He's coming back. That will be awesome. Yeah. Until then, here's your babysitter. Yeah. Holy Spirit just kind of like holding down the fort, but not too well. Kind of that. That's kind of the, the idea that people can have in regards to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Jesus explains to his apostles that it's actually going to be to their benefit that he leave and the helper come. Right, that the Holy right. Spirit come, right? and when the apostles write the epistles, mm-hmm. we have we have talk of blessed are those who saw and believe, but 
even more those who didn't see who mm-hmm. believed right that's the presence of the holy spirit apart from the presence of christ mm-hmm. and the idea that prophets and angels before us had longed to see what we see and understand mm-hmm. right and and that is the indwelling presence of the holy spirit for all believers yeah he's not less important than the father or the son right right he's not like a junior associate or whatever he's he is co-equal right and right? and when jesus is telling them that it's to their benefit in john mm-hmm. he says i am sending you another paraclete mm-hmm. not a different or a lesser Mm-hmm. but one who is doing a similar thing that I am doing to you, being your guide, your advocate, mm-hmm. your helper, as some translate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another another common misconception or, or problem is, is those who separate um, or distinguish the work of the Spirit from the Word of God, mm-hmm. right? So uh, some Christians see the Bible kind of on one hand, and then there's like the spirit showing up as something different, right? Completely different. Right. Um, as, some, as something greater even. Yeah. Yeah. What the Bible says is good, but hey, when, when something crazy is happening, hey, that's the spirit moving and that is something special. That is something I, I better. I want to fix my own statement. Okay. The Bible, as you were about to say, I'm sure, mm-hmm. is the preeminent or a preeminent work mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is above the Bible. What I meant to say is these things that are believed to be expressed by the Holy Spirit are greater than that thing canonized and g- delivered to us by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as if there's a, a different value. It, to the point that I have seen, I have seen people with my own eyes despise the written word of God. I, I don't think they would see it that way. But to say, oh, well, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, well, I'm tired of Christians always talking about what the Bible says. What about what the Holy Spirit is telling me right now? Hmm. Right? What that is to say is the canonized, gathered, written word of God is inadequate and sub. Yeah. The the thing is, just piggybacking off what you mentioned, because the... Uh, the scriptures, the inspiration of the scriptures is given, um, is is given through the Spirit. It's going to be uh, consistent with how the Spirit operates. Right. Right. So the the Spirit is not going to work in such a way that um, that is contrary to what has been revealed by the Spirit. Right. Right. Like that's just that doesn't make any sense. Right. And so using the Spirit's work mm-hmm. to help us understand how the Spirit works is vital, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and a lot of times when people want to talk about the work of the Spirit or what the Spirit's telling them, those kinds of things, we can hold it to Scripture and we can find there are things that are without precedent, mm. right? Um, so, so that the Holy Spirit uh, comes in and, and is telling people, allegedly, things like, I have a word for you, right? We don't see that in Scripture, mm. In Scripture, we don't see the Spirit working in that way, that God says, I have this message for this person who is a believer, who is filled with me, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to tell you to tell them. Right. And that's their validation, is mm-hmm. that you told them. It just yeah. doesn't work that way yeah. at all in Scripture. There's no precedent for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very late thing. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would say further to that, it, there are times even when it's contrary to Scripture. And again, sometimes people get defensive and they're like, oh, well, you know, the Bible. You're, I've, I've, we've been accused of believing in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible right. instead of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, I take a little bit of offense to that. Sure. Um, but I do hold that the Bible is God's revelation to us preserved that we might know him. Mm-hmm. And if it and if what he has given for us to know him by is not measuring up with what I'm experiencing, I gotta ask the question, is it him? Yeah, no, for sure. Um I think another error we can make in regard to the spirit is just kind of forgetting the spirit mm-hmm. or diminishing his role and his work in our lives. Right. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is essential for the believer. Right. Right. We cannot be saved apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. And even once we're saved, we cannot walk in obedience apart from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It is like he is essential to to who we are and what we do as as believers. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we can kind of um, forget Right. And just kind of sit him in the corner. Right. Look, Francis Chan wrote that book, Forgotten God. Right. This idea of like of the three members of the Trinity, he's not getting a lot of press, particularly outside of charismatic circles. In charismatic circles, sometimes you got the extreme opposite where everything is directed towards the spirit. All the attention and energy is just about that and these manifestations and these giftings and whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it is I think it's fair to say that there are times when we can um diminish or ignore who he is and what he does. Yeah, I, I think to that point, I, I read one time someone arguing that uh, mainline churches focus primarily on God the Father. Hmm. And in that, you see things like Catholic churches where Jesus is just on the wall with other saints, um, the Holy Spirit not talked about at all. Uh, so mainline churches tend toward God the Father as their default. Charismatic churches... I would say it's pretty obvious, tend toward the Holy Spirit. Um, and the the rest of Protestant evangelicalism tends toward Jesus. Mm. And our considerations of the Father and the Holy Spirit are at, at best marginalized, at worst forgotten, mm. right? Um, when we talk about the sufficiency of Christ, we mean the offering that he made on my behalf, sufficient to pay the penalty for my sin. It doesn't mean that the other two persons of the Trinity Mm -hmm. are irrelevant. No. Yeah, because it's only by the work of the Spirit that we could even come to understand and appreciate and love what Christ has done for us. Absolutely. Because his whole purpose is to just shine a light on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, any other kind of wrong views that you wanted to take off the bat? I mean, we might talk about other things later on. Yeah, I think, I I think the one that I would add to that list, uh, is just that the Holy Spirit is the feels, right? Mm. My whims in the Mm. moment. Um, I, this idea popped into my head, so it's the Holy Spirit. Right, sure. Right? And I, I've heard, I've heard any number of things attributed to this, right? Um, People having dreams about whether or not their baby is going to be a boy or a girl, right? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to them? Right. Um, 
A- again, I would say, to what end? It doesn't match the way that Jesus or the apostles talk about the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. Scripture, the way the Holy Spirit would preserve a representation for himself mm-hmm. so that we have an expectation of what to gain from him. Right. It, it doesn't It doesn't work with not only New Testament, but all of Old Testament and, and the way that God chooses to reveal things of himself. And so... Um, I think a lot of times we can just get excited and, and feeling passion or conviction. Um, sometimes in a worship service, the emotion of the moment mm. can be called the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, and so I, I think that that's something that we have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. He's, we, we already said he's not an essence. Mm-hmm. He's not the force, but he's also not the feels. Yeah. He's not the tingles. He's not the inspiration. He's not the whim that pops into our head or the, the random thought. Um, mm-hmm. He's more than that. Yeah. No, I think it's great. So the catechism answering this question, what do we believe about the Holy spirit says he is God co-eternal with the father and the son and that God grants him irrevocably to all who believe. Grants him irrevocably. Mm. all who believe we got to handle this in sections sure but that's an interesting one to talk about Mm -hmm. so he is god Mm -hmm. thus thus the leveling of the playing field when we are baptized in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit yeah and that's not the only place we can go to to see the spirit putting put on the same level right from the very opening words of scripture when we get the creation account, we see that the spirit was involved in that process. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it makes sense when we connect it with uh, the verses later on towards the end of Genesis one, where God's saying, let us make man in our image. Right. There's, there's almost this multiple nature being hinted at even within the, those early verses of the Bible. Um, and so again, this idea that the spirit is God co-eternal co-equal, you know, perfect. It, possessing the same attributes that we oftentimes just kind of reserve for the Father. This omniscience and omnipotence. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spirit has that. Right. And we, we see it even in the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus talks regularly about the fact that the work is he, that he is doing is work given to him by the Father mm-hmm. who sent him, but carried by the Spirit. Yeah. Right. And because the, we understand that the Holy Spirit is God, he cannot be manipulated or controlled. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like he's not the source of this like Christian magic where if we say the right words, we make the right hand gestures or we you know set the mood in whatever way possible, then he is bound to provide us with X, Y, Z. Like that's not how he operates. He mm-hmm. is sovereign mm-hmm. just as the father and son are. Yeah. Right? Not manipulated, never bound. No, right. No, um, not control. Like, yeah, look, we, we don't dictate what he does and where he goes. Right. And, and in the, in the discussion of quenching of the spirit, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, is something that would immediately follow that you say, well, he's not bound, he's not manipulated, but he is quenched. Mm. Does that mean put out? No, not in the same way that you would dump a bucket of water on a fire. Right. It, it means to be ignored or set aside mm-hmm. right in mm-hmm. the same way jesus called people to faith and they wouldn't mm-hmm. 
right? Um, or the Father calls Israel mm-hmm. to live holy, and they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, the Spirit convicts us of our sin. If we choose to ignore that conviction, that is a quenching of the Spirit. But it doesn't diminish who He is in any way. It just means we're being stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, co-eternal didn't sure. come to be. Yep. Uh, just like the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, I think that's something, the other thing with this idea of co-eternal, right? When when God reveals his divine name to Moses, right? The mm-hmm. I am that I am, right? This like self-existence that I, my existence doesn't hinge upon anything else, right? It's not that the Spirit is created out of the Father and Son. It's that he is co co-eternal with them that that as god as part of that triune godhead he is self-existent in the same way that father and son are would you add anything to co-eternal any other codes like i I would say codes that are probably even more important consubstantial yeah consubstantial yeah Um, co-equal co-equal yeah yeah co-eternal was interesting i mean it's not wrong but yeah maybe just add some extra co-words yeah yeah, when, when I would agree. I would agree. Uh, granted mm-hmm. to all who believe, Irre- let's start there. Irre- oh, you don't want to do irrevocably? We'll, we'll come back to okay, irrevocably. Okay, okay. That he's granted. Granted to all who would believe. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't have the Spirit. Right. That doesn't exist. Right. Right? Right, that he is the, the, the seal. Mm-hmm. Right? Um. He's kind of the uh, the proof, mm-hmm. I guess, that that we have been redeemed and restored. So there's there's no there's not this like tiered system, right, of who has more of this particular resource and therefore that person is you know greater than or lesser than, right? It's a very even playing field. We all possess the same right. spirit, and I, I think in in noting that we note that there is there's not leveling. Like you said, mm-hmm. second level of salvation that grants us the Holy Spirit, but there are also not gradations. Yep. Right. More or less of the Spirit. There mm-hmm. is more or less in tune with the Spirit. Sure. More or less obedient. More or less willing to hear from. Mm-hmm. Um, but those. But not more or less present. Yeah, and those differences are 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 on us, really. Right. Right. It's like how how willing are we to submit to Him. Mm-hmm. Right, not not you know. Do you have who has who's got a bigger dose of the Holy Spirit? And I think mm-hmm. one one thing that's kind of like connected to that idea too is that we need to be kind of careful of is that the Holy Spirit isn't a kind of divine part of us. Like there's a part of who we are that's now divine. The Holy Spirit is is a divine person of God that dwells within us. Mm-hmm. Right, so. There's a distinction there that I think needs to be understood. Right. He is dwelling in you. Um, but he is not you. But he's not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And irrevocably given. Boom. Explain. That's a big word. I'm, I think it's really just this security. Mm-hmm. Right? This security in, in salvation. Right? He's not withdrawn. When he is when he is given, um, it is something that is 
set in stone. Right. I think this plays back to the idea of gradients, mm. the receivings of more and less. Um, and this not only, that not only goes so far as to say we don't have more and less, but less doesn't come to a point of none. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. um, he is present, fully present, fully available. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we are conversing with, participating with, obeying is a different story, like yeah. you said, on us. I mean, we've um, talked about how there will always be some degree of obedience in the life of a believer, right? As a, right. As a evidence of that. But you're, but what you're, well, yeah, but I agree with what you're saying is that it's not, his presence is not contingent upon the degree of our obedience. Right. Yeah. And not removed from us. Mm -hmm. Right. There, there are those who would teach on the charismatic side, I would say that, um, you can be a believer who is walked away from the faith, not living in obedience, whatever, and the spirit gone from you. Hmm. You're, you're still saved because you were saved, but no life of the right. spirit within you. Um, that is a level of abandonment that cannot be supported scripturally. Mm -hmm. And so should not be our anticipation. But there are also, on the reform side, those who would teach that a, a portion or an image of the Spirit could be given to a person so that they might complete the works of God. And then once God's work with them is done, they can have the Spirit removed from them. So it appears as if they've fallen from the faith. Uh, but it never was a true application of the Spirit. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't see that as... That seems weird. Who said that? We're going to drop names. You don't have to drop names. Don't I, I got names. No, don't drop names. I don't want to I don't want to have any heroes destroyed at this point in time live on a podcast that's being videoed. It's fine. I'll show you in a book. Okay. <laughs> from oh, no. from your shelf. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. Yeah, but but the idea, the idea that we would get a false sense of the spirit gifted to mm. us from God that is just enough to carry us on to do his work and then revoked mm. is just not the redemptive work of God. Yeah. It, it doesn't jive. And, and I think in all of this, in all of this, what it really roots back to is Scripture itself and Scripture alone tell us what to anticipate and to know to be true of the work of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the person and purpose of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's like... There's, there's been a lot of misconceptions, and I know we've talked a lot about misconceptions about the way that the Holy Spirit operates, but there's a lot of things that we can wrongly assume about how he operates, right? Like, sometimes we see we see big things happen, mm -hmm. right? Like, we see this uh, maybe a miraculous thing or a significant change in someone's life overcoming this massive addiction or whatever whatever it might be, mm -hmm. or, or, or a a large number of people come to faith in a short period of time, right? And and we're like, oh, that's a movement of the Spirit. Like, we're recognizing, okay, the Holy Spirit is, is working in that. And that might be the case, but the Holy Spirit doesn't exclusively work in these big, um, amazing, like, um, surprising ways. Right. Right? Like, a lot of the work of the Spirit is just, like, it's just the little things. 
right? It's these, it's these yep. small things as we're, as we are being sanctified, right? These, these things convicting us of our sin or motivating us into, um, uh, acts of obedience, right? Like it's these little, these little kind of minute, almost imperceptible things that are also included in what the, the spirit of God does. Yeah. And, and I, so Mark Dever calls that ordinary means of grace, mm-hmm. right? Well, he didn't write it, but he talks a lot about it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think what happens is, like you said, a lot of times we look at something that is supernatural mm-hmm. taking place in the natural world. Mm-hmm. And we say that equals the Holy Spirit. And so when people make the ass- assessment that we opened up talking about that, oh, well, Tim and Marshall don't believe in healing services. Mm. And so they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's not true. And, and a lot of times people will even take it so far as to say, well, because you don't believe in the idea of healers mm-hmm. or healing classes <laughs> where one can go and, and learn this, this skill of healing by the Holy Spirit. Eighty nine ninety nine. <laughs> you get a certificate. Sorry. Um, sorry. Not sorry. Because, because we don't believe those things to be biblically viable. Right. Or even really effectively played out Mm -hmm. in Christian life Mm -hmm. and completely absent from Christian history, uh, that that we don't believe that God's capable of those things, Mm. that he's stopped doing those things. That's not true at all. Mm -hmm. And and so what I would say is the difference between myself and, and a charismatic who would believe that God is able to do all of these things is not that they believe that he is capable of more than I do, it's that they might run the risk of thinking less about the things he is doing. I would say that it's incredible to see the sick healed, Mm -hmm. but to see those who are spiritually dead brought to life, Mm -hmm. their sins forgiven, justified and made right before a holy God Mm -hmm. is the greatest of all miracles. Can I share a story? Uh, <laughs> I guess. Very short story. I, uh, I, I won't get too specific because I don't want to sure. name names here, but I, I decided to show up to an event um, locally here. And um, when I showed up to the event, like I'm friends with people from, from another church, and it was one of these more charismatic groups. And... They were praying for people to be healed, and you know there was little old lady who, you know, after being prayed for, said her knee pain had been relieved somewhat, and the place blew up. Mm-hmm. And you know another gentleman who's you know was having pain in his wrist, and everyone was super excited when he said, "Oh, I feel like I can turn it better now." And then as as it was kind of progressing, I'm kind of watching from the back. Um, kind of a curious, to be honest, of, of what was happening. The The person who was leading kind of said, oh, and this lady just told us that she gave her life to the Lord. And I got really excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and there was a, a lot less enthusiasm in that group because I think what they were really hoping for was miraculous healings. And hey, if somebody got saved, that's cool too, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's not really why they were there. Um, and so 
if our if our if our appreciation for the work of the spirit is really just out of a desire to see what we would call these miraculous events, right? If that's, if we're just pursuing the spirit in just to, to see those things, to experience those things, um, man, that's, that's just so off the mark. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is we will talk a lot about idolatry and the things that our heart desires, our flesh desire, um, and how those things must be put to death before the cross in order for us to be believers. Um, but sometimes what we will then do is turn around and act as if the Holy Spirit is a means to our idolatries. Mm. Right? That's the thing that I really want. Hmm. So if I come to Christ and participate in the Spirit, I'll get it. God will not be mocked. Yeah. He is not a means to our idolatries. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not always what's happening in those situations. No. I'm, I'm not going to apply it there. No. But in much of the desire, um, in much of the desire to see something from the Holy Spirit that is not what he came to be, I, I think it is... It is very much akin to the same way that Christ came and people wanted something different from him than he came to give. Mm-hmm. They wanted a physical here and now. And we treat the Holy Spirit in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. If it's not a physical here and now, then it doesn't count. It's not what I signed up for and I'm not even interested. Yeah. He came to open our eyes to who we are, to the grace and mercy available to us in the gospel, mm-hmm. and to be our guide and our leader in righteousness. Mm-hmm. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He will, at times, as a means to that end, create fantastic and unexplainable moments. Mm-hmm. I 100% believe that. Yeah, me too. But that is not what constitutes his purpose. It's not the fullness of who he is. Mm -hmm. It's not even the greater portion. Mm -hmm. Before we close, I want to read a couple lines from John Owen's The Holy Spirit that I think kind of summarizes how the Spirit fits in with God's big plan. So this is obviously older English, so try to follow with me here, guys. I'll try not to trip over, <laughs> trip over John Owen's try to f- magniloquent try, language. Try to listen well as I tried to read well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For when God designed the great and glorious work of recovering fallen man and of saving sinners to the praise of the glory of his grace, he appointed in his infinite wisdom two great means thereof. The one was the giving of his son for them, and the other was the giving of his spirit to them. Hmm. And hereby a way was opened for the manifestation of the glory of the whole blessed Trinity, which is the utmost end of all the works of God. Hereby were the love, grace, and wisdom of the Father in the design and projection of the whole, the love, grace, and condescension of the Son in the execution of the plan of salvation, with the love, grace, and power 
of the Spirit in the application of all to the souls of men made gloriously conspicuous. That'll preach, Johnny O. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you next time. Take care, everybody.